It is your Tuesday daily delivery. I'm Michael Rand. Glad to be back for another day. Hope you guys are having a good one. Woke up to a little bit of snow this morning. Looks pretty out there, though. Hope you guys um, are getting around okay this morning. It's not a lot of snow, but it's jarring when uh, we haven't had much this year. So um, be careful out there if it's slippery at all, but enjoy it, too. Tis the season. We'll be getting plenty more of that, I'm sure, in the next few months. Um, In the next few minutes, you'll be getting a lot of sports content, not snow. Randy Johnson joins me here in a little while. Talk go for football. It's been a busy off season already for the Gophers. It almost feels like we cover almost like feels like we have to cover college football, college sports like a pro beat now after a season ends when you're kind of wondering about free agency and things like that, almost like the trade and the free agency market because the name image likeness, the transfer portal have changed how business is done, have changed how rosters are constructed, have changed the mobility of players. So now we're hearing about, you know, players who you would have just assumed in the past are coming back. Like, hey, they have two years of eligibility left. They're going to be back next year. Now they feel the need to announce that they are either coming back or entering the transfer portal. The latest to stay, good news for the Gophers, cornerback Justin Wally had a good season this year, had some key plays against Nebraska and Iowa, which probably stacked up as the two best Gophers wins of the season once they got to the end of things. Um, he's coming back. We already knew that Darius Taylor, their excellent freshman running back, was coming back. We already knew that Daniel Jackson is coming back. We already know that Max Brosmer, the transfer quarterback from New Hampshire, is coming in. We already know that Ethan Calic-Manis is heading to the portal. That happened officially. I would imagine on Monday, the first day the portal was open. So lots of comings and goings in Gophers football. Bowl game decided. Um, we know where they're going, the quick lane bowl. So Randy and I will break down a lot of that in the impact of the transfer portal here in just a little bit. Got some twins thoughts at the end of the show. Winter meetings ongoing. Bobby Nightingale Jr. will join me later this week to kind of wrap up what happened at the winter meetings, what the twins are talking about, some trade possibilities there. Um, But yeah, that'll be probably Thursday or Friday's show. So stick around for that later this week to talk some hot stove with the twins in December. First, though, today, what I miss, I want to talk about some playoff possibilities some playoff odds right now because it strikes me that things change quickly this time of year we kind of into you know into the into the seasons with the wolves with the wild with the vikings certainly and you know just a couple weeks ago the vikings were looking awfully good in their playoff kind of push they had won six out of seven right because they were zero and three then suddenly got to six and four. So they had made a, this strong push. They were looking at a you know, game at Denver and home against Chicago before the bye. You know, you look at the Denver game and you're like, eh, you know, that one's harder than it used to be, but they could still win that one. Um, and the Bears game, certainly. So you're thinking, okay, go to the bye, no worse than seven and five in the driver's seat for at least a wild card berth. And then, of course, they lost that game narrowly to the Broncos. Could have had it, didn't have it, and then lose to the Bears in disappointing fashion. Now their season is kind of in disarray. We're going to find out, I'm assuming, sometime this week, or certainly at least by Sunday, whether um, they're making a quarterback switch, 
uh, probably mulling whether they're going to go with Nick Mullins. That was not a pun. That was just the word that came to my mind. Um, sorry about that. If it appeared to be a pun, mulling Nick Mullins, mulling Nick Mullins. Um, maybe they're going to go with that direction instead of Josh Dobbs. That would be the fourth starting quarterback in 13 games because you remember Jaron Hall also got that start in the Atlanta game before he was knocked out. Could be a little bit of... Uh, a little bit of, not disarray is the wrong word, but a little bit of influx state of quarterbacks over the last five games. But Vikings went from like an 80% chance to make the playoffs a couple weeks ago. They're down to 43%, according to the New York Times. And they do kind of this graphic of, hey, you know, remaining games left. Here's kind of how it looks. If things go this way, things go that way. Vikings are still in pretty good shape if they win three of these last five. But remember, you know, they've got these two road games against... Um, Vegas and Cincinnati. Got to have this one Sunday because Cincinnati's been playing a little bit better. Cincinnati just won on Monday Night Football. Jake Browning, old friend, former uh, former Viking, had uh, had a pretty big uh, pretty big showing in that one. And then after that Bengals game, they've got two against, uh, actually three against the Lions, Packers, and then Lions again, which will be huge at the end of the year. They're going to have to win at least three of those games now, I think, at least three of those five to make the playoff left themselves with less margin for error than before you know that little two game slide that they went on into the bye um detroit games will be important but those are not really going to be i don't think factors in the division race i guess if they swept those games there would be a chance but i'm not holding my breath for that the bigger deal to me right now is that the packers after you know starting two and one fell to three and six they went on a slide as the vikings were gaining steam they've now won three in a row though they're six and six just like the vikings there's four six and six teams in the nfc now the the um whoever doesn't win the nfc east out of the uh, the eagles and the cowboys almost certainly will get a wild card berth um eagles are 10 and 2 cowboys are 9 and 3 but out of the, those other four teams, there's four teams that are six and six. There's a couple lurking at five and seven, but Vikings and Packers at six and six. So two, two of those teams will get wild cards in this expanded seven-team playoff. You get the four division winners, the other certain wild card from the NFC East, and then two more spots up for grabs. That means to me, the Packers are their most formidable foe. Packers are like 71% chance to make the playoffs now after that hot streak. They've got a really easy schedule down the stretch the vikings are their hardest game down the stretch the vikings are only six and six nobody on the packers remaining schedule has a winning record right now packers have a very good chance of getting there but the vikings and the packers on new year's eve could very well determine if one both perhaps neither but probably not one of those teams probably gonna make the playoffs maybe both of them make it but whoever wins that game will certainly be in the driver's seat in the playoffs but it strikes me as interesting i'll get back to that game by the way in a minute with one other interesting little nugget but um strikes me as interesting vikings just a 43 percent chance to make the playoffs right now the wild after just three good wins three wins after the coaching change early in the season i get it a lot expected of this team couple different sources I've looked at, though. I think The Athletic and HockeyViz.com, both of them have the Wild at just below 50% chance now of making the playoffs. The Wild, according to at least a couple places, have a better chance of making the playoffs right at this moment than the Vikings do. That would not have seemed possible just a week or two ago when the Wild were in the midst of that slide, when the Vikings were looking a lot better with their future schedule, especially with that Bears game coming up. Um, yeah, say, say we track this back to last Monday, um, before D, right, you know, right when Dean Evison was fired, 
Uh, Wild was on a seven-game losing streak. Vikings were about to play the Bears on Monday night. You're thinking, okay, Vikings going to go to 7-5 and five going into the bye. Wild in a free fall. A lot has changed since then with the Vikings losing to the Bears, the Viking, or the Wild getting on a hot streak. So there you have it. It's just an interesting kind of how things can change quickly. And, of course, there's a lot of season to play out. They will determine this on the field, not on some sort of, you know, database, spreadsheet, things like that. Like These are just probabilities. This is just the likelihood that things, these things will happen. More likely the Wild will make it now than the Vikings. Now, will you be able to watch the Vikings and Packers if you don't have a ticket? And that game, of course, is at U.S. Bank Stadium. So if you have a ticket, you are in good shape. If you have DirecTV, however, you might be a little worried right now because DirecTV is in a contract dispute, a carriage dispute with a lot of local TV stations, including Care 11. They are not, uh, DirecTV does not have uh, Care 11 on its slate of games right now, on, on a slate of channels right now. So if you're trying to, if you, you know, if you go there, there's a big error message that basically says that they're not carrying it right now because of a dispute. Now, Vikings and Packers, Sunday night on NBC. Care 11 is the NBC local affiliate. It's not till New Year's Eve, so it's 26 days. Certainly could be resolved by then. A lot of these things get cleared up before then. But right now, as of right now, you would not be able to watch that game. You were not able to watch the Sunday night game this past week if you have DirecTV and live in this market and have Care 11. So interesting thing to keep in mind is 26 days out, but you might need to think about making alternate plans for how you're going to watch that game if that dispute lingers and if you are a DirecTV subscriber. Grand Casino would like to take a moment and salute the true football fan. The passion. The hope. The anticipation. That incomparable feeling of winning. Grand Casino would also like to take a moment to remind you that you can find all that anticipation, thrill, and winning at Grand Casino. Grand Casino. Let your story begin. Let's bring in Randy Johnson, Gopher football beat writer. I thought I was going to give him a break this week and for the foreseeable future, but Randy, it got too newsy. It's not, I'm not breaking news to you to tell you how newsy it's been, but um, we found out what bowl game the Gophers are going to. Maybe uh, I'll, I'll try to let you hide your disappointment a little bit on that one, that they're going to Detroit. No shame in that, but uh, maybe not the destination of preference for some people. Um, they, they got their transfer quarterback in. Um, Max Brosmer from New Hampshire saying he's he's coming here. We found that out on Sunday. Um, we had a couple other guys are staying. Some key guys in the program are staying. We got some national news too, so we got a lot to catch up on. Yeah, that's been a been a newsy weekend uh, for college football, and I figured it'd be uh, somewhat. But then you know, the local stuff has really uh, percolated up quite a bit too. I want to start with the quarterback, just because that's going to drive a lot of the other stuff. We can talk bowl game in a bit, and some of the other guys coming back, and some of that national national picture. The the, the four that they got picked for the for the playoff, but. Um, you know, this it was around, you know, early last week when all of this kind of went into motion. This quarterback from New Hampshire said he had an offer from the U. You know, maybe 24 hours later, we find out Ethan Calicmanis is entering the transfer portal. Um, and now here we are. The they, they've they've uh, he he's committed. The, the New Hampshire quarterback has committed at least. What do we? That's not a surprise, I would think, at this point. But what what do we make of where he stands? He's kind of got to be the front runner for the job going into next season, right? Based on what's what's left and who's coming in. 
Yeah, I certainly would think so. I mean, you know, they went out and identified this guy pretty early in, in the process, and they looked at his numbers, looked at his completion percentage, looked at his his yards and his touchdowns, and, and you know, and his ability to run too. And I think you, know, you you put all those together, and just the experience, a three year starter. Um, yeah, that, that it's it's somebody who that who I I'm I imagine they think can fast track his development. Uh, Quicker, you know, yeah, you're going. He's going up a, a, a couple notches from uh, FCS to the Big Ten, uh, but I, I think you know they're they're hoping the coaching staff is that he's more of a you know a plug and play guy uh, that they can put in and not have to have not have to go through the struggles at quarterback. Uh, you know, the, the transfer portal it, it's it's changing changing things a lot, and uh, you could really tell that uh, in that Wisconsin game. Uh, you know, it almost seemed like PJ Fleck was uh, with his comments after the game. He was envious that that uh, how uh, the transfer quarter, uh, portal quarterback was was doing so well for, for the Badgers in that game. And it's like I it might have been a situation where I, I got to get myself one of those my you know for the, for this team. And obviously, it probably you know there was I'm sure they were talking to him before. You know, this is he came out like a day or two after the Wisconsin game and said he's got an offer from the U. I don't know how what the timeline is, but I imagine that they're at least kind of looking at him along the way this year, especially as Ethan Calicmanis is struggling to the degree that he did. It, it represents a fairly big shift, though, for for PJ Fleck, right? I mean, he's you know they had some some flirtations early on the Vic Veramontes um, experiment yeah. that that uh, that didn't end up working out, but by and large they've recruited high school quarterbacks and tried to develop them. And you know, Tanner Morgan was here for a long time. They've had others though come and go, guys like Seth Green, um, you know, get me guys like uh guys early on um in in his tenure too. Like he hasn't really gone this route, but like you said, Wisconsin had some success. Like everybody in the Big Ten West, it seemed like, had one of these transfer quarterbacks. Do you yeah. think that his like just naturally his thinking had to change at a certain point on on who might, you know, who might be in best to run a run a program from a quarterback standpoint? Yeah, I think so. I, you know, I, I, I think he, he realized that I got to have somebody who can, who can do that job well next year. And yeah, you know, they go five and seven this year. You don't want another one of those five and sevens if you're, you're a coach, uh, in, uh, you know, on a more and more competitive Big Ten. Uh, so yeah, it, it's, it's, uh, you, you can see how the, how the fan base is, has been grumbling this year over, over, uh, their performance. Uh, another year of that, um, you know, could be pretty dangerous for for a coach's job, even 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 with what he's accomplished here um, over the years. Yeah. So this quarterback from New Hampshire, Max Brosmer, he's coming in. He's a graduate transfer, so he could, you know, be he was available a little bit sooner than these other portal guys. The the actual portal for you know non graduate transfers opened on Monday. It's it's crazy, Randy. Like ESPN ran like it was almost like signing day. It's like who's who is announced they're in the portal. And that's that's kind of where we are, I guess. Um, but it's just kind of interesting. And it, it will be interesting to see what kind of an impact he can have on this program next year. And if this kind of becomes, you know, a, a route they, they choose more often than not or, you know, something they have to get more comfortable with. Because, you know, like you've said before, like, I think it was you that wrote it. Like so many of those Big Ten West teams had graduate, or, you know, had had some kind of transfer quarterback. Who, you know, you can say what they want about the Big Ten West, but there were there was a few good, few good transfer quarterbacks in the Big Ten West this year. Yeah, I'll, 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 every other team had one, uh, aside from the Gophers. So, and that's you know, they and they they um, basically uh, showed their worth. Uh, you know, it, it's um, 
it's something that, yeah, I think uh, Fleck and his staff have have, have to have had to change their thinking a bit. And it's, you know, they pride themselves uh, on being a developmental program, but sometimes the reality hits and it's, you, know, you got to have production. Yeah. And developmental, you know, for a quarterback too, there's, that's a position where reps, where having played the position means a lot. I think you see a lot of, you know, point guards changing position and changing schools in basketball. It's kind of the same thing. It's like someone who can run in steady, come in and steady your program. And that's definitely what they're going to be hoping for next year. Now he will have some offensive assets coming back. We heard that Daniel Jackson, the wide receiver intends to come back. We learned that, you know, freshman Darius Taylor, who missed some of the season with injury, he is uh, planning to come back. Both of them mentioning kind of their NIL collective. Just inter- It's an interesting time for college sports that we have to kind of hear who's expecting to come back. It used to be kind of a given, right? Yeah, sure, sure was. You know, you would you would just say, okay, that that person hasn't uh, said they're leaving, so they're they're staying, and and now it's it's uh, it's almost like the the gophers and the collective they want to hammer home that they're they're staying because of the collective and that to uh, basically show that okay you know please donate to this thing it, it you know that's i would i would guess that's why they're having them mention the name of nicky town athletes during their um announcements on twitter and you know instagram or wherever that that, that they're coming back it's it's uh you know i think they're they're uh well aware that that's that's a really the NIL is a really important piece in this whole transfer puzzle now. Now, you know, it seems like they were kind of behind a little bit and they, you know, I think they were wanting to make sure they were on in a good spot from a compliance standpoint, things like that, which I, which I totally understand. You don't want to run into, you know, some sort of issue down the road where there's some impropriety and you're, you're, you know, getting dinged and things like that. But is there a sense that they, are catching up or can catch up, or is this going to be a, a, a place where they're going to struggle just to kind of tread water in in this NIL game, just because of their position in the marketplace and things like that. Like they're not a small college town where it's the only show in town. Yeah. I think that's there. I think a lot, a lot of schools would be fighting that. Um, I think, you know, it, it seems like they have rallied, uh, you know, they were able to uh, make sure that uh, say a Darius Taylor, who's, you know, highly thought of. And I, I would, I would think that, uh, you know, you see a freshman running like that, and if you're one of the schools that hey, we need a running back and we have money, you you might say, hey, here you go, Darius. But uh, yeah, it, it's it's it, it you know it's all it's free agency now in a way in a big way, and um, yeah, with the NIL, I think uh, the Gophers will always. I, I think they'll be judged by how they're doing in compared to the, to their peers, as in a. Yeah. Wisconsin and Iowa, Nebraska, things like that. Uh, teams that they've uh, that they battle, you know, they have battled annually in the West. I don't think Nebraska would like being compared to Minnesota yeah, as a peer, but it's, but, it's, yeah. but it's true. It's true. I mean, the Gophers have beaten them what five years in a row, six years. I can't yeah, remember five, how many. Yeah. So yeah. that that's where that program is right now. Although Matt Rule will tell you that a good quarterback in the portal will cost you at least a million dollars. I don't think the Gophers were paying that for. Max Brosner from New Hampshire, but I'm sure they had to do something to tempt him to come here. Um, none of these guys, um, well, the, the quarterback at least won't be here, of course, for the bowl game. December 26th in Detroit. Randy, every time I talk to you, you talked about, well, there could be a scenario where we get to go to Vegas or get to go to, to get to go to uh, Phoenix or something like that. And I know those were all 
plausible scenarios, but they all turn out to unfortunately be wishful thinking, right? Yeah, it, it, you know, it turns out that you know there's there was language in the contract with um, because the the way the the, the uh, conference title games uh, fell, uh, if the Gophers had been a six win team, they probably end up in a in a Phoenix uh, for the second time in two years. Uh, but uh, the um, guaranteed rate bowl had a has a clause in the contract where they if the Big Ten doesn't give them a, a six win team a bowl eligible technically bowl eligible yeah. they could they can choose from another conference in this case it was the Mountain West and they chose UNLV it probably had a lot to do with the fact that Gophers were there just two years ago yeah uh, and the obviously. Uh, the um, Quickline Bowl in Detroit was was very happy to have the Gophers. They've this will be their third time there, and, and they've drawn very well comparatively. They've had right. the second and third highest attendances um, when the Gophers have, have been there in in their short history. So yeah, they they their um, uh, executive director Brad Michaels was when I talked to him Friday. I he, he wanted the Gophers there. You win three quick lane bowls if you're three and zero in the quick lane bowl. Do you get to hang a banner? What do you What do you do at that point? If they, they're, they're, they're the winningest, they're the winningest. They're, no team is two and zero in quick lane bowl history so far, right? If they go three and zero, yeah, right. They're, they're the only they're, they're the only one, right? I'm saying there no other team is two and zero. If they go three and zero, we got to do something special for that. I think it might be up there with the uh, Clum Haskins National Championship banners when they won the NIT, <laughs> NIT banners. Yeah, there's that. You know, yeah, one thing Glenn, we, Glenn would call those national championships. Yeah, he would. He did. He called them national championships. You know, NIT is probably more impressive than winning the quick lane bowl. But there, there, you know, as much as we make fun of it or joke about it, there is, you know, there's a financial component to it, obviously, of getting to a bowl game. And then obviously they've got young players. They want to get better. They get these practices like there's there's benefit to it. Cole Kramer is going to be the quarterback for it. Right. As far as we know. And yeah, then, uh, the, I mean, you know, nothing is. You know, we we haven't had any access to to, to the coaches or the players since the season ended uh, um, at, at the end of the Wisconsin game. So, yeah, it's uh, that's presumably the one because if it's not him, they're down they're down to uh, uh, true freshman walk on Max Shikanjansky. Uh Speaking of Gophers basketball, the son right. of Jim Shikanjansky from uh, those Clem Haskin teams back in the uh, late eighties, early nineties. Yeah, I don't think you. I mean, I've. I've... I'm sure any competitor would relish that challenge. I don't think it would be necessarily wise to put a true freshman walk on out there for a bowl game. So I would imagine they're talking Cole Kramer into sticking around and playing that game, whatever he does beyond that. But uh, yeah, you get the extra practices, you get stuff like that. There, there's value in it, but yeah, what a, you know, before we move on to some, some national stuff, just still such a time of transition. Now, what a weird year, what a time of transition this turned into. Yeah, it's it's you know I just uh, the Yahoo Sports had their rankings of the, of the 41 bowl games and not surprisingly they had the the Gophers uh, uh, Bowling Green as 41st and when you have a five and seven team in there that's that's going to happen it's it's yeah it's uh, not a lot of people are uh, are going to hug uh, going to embrace this uh, bowl as as something to hang their hat on but uh, you know it is what it is you uh, my thoughts are like okay. How does a football team get better? You play more football, right? And the you know the practices will they you know is it will be measurable help? Who knows? You never know. But as long as you don't get somebody you know, you know hurt real bad or anything like that, uh, you get better by playing more football. 
Will they, um, yeah, you said, w- w- they won't be favored by 31 points this time, I don't think, though. That was the... Well, they, they began as a five-and-a-half-point favorite. Okay. That might be a little a little, um, little bit high, I think. Um, basically, the Bowling Green has not, they've been pretty good. They've won five in their last six. They, they, the one they lost was on a long touchdown pass, and they lose by by a point to Toledo, which was, was, a, was a pretty good team. Um, yeah, that, that's, uh, I don't, I don't think it's a gimme by any means, uh, especially when you consider the uncertainty in, in, on the Gophers roster right now. Yeah. Nothing is a gimme at this point. You're right. Especially with some of the turnover questions, things like that. Um, let's talk national picture for just a minute, uh, before we get out of here, we talk, speaking of national championships, but one thing that happened, Randy, in the, in Alabama beating Georgia, uh, the Gophers will remain the uh, the only three time def- three three in a row national champs, right? How about that? Yeah, what uh, 34, 35, 36 was it? I think that's right. Yeah, I did yeah. a I did a podcast with a journalist down in Atlanta at the start of the year, kind of talking about you know Georgia's hopes for a three peep, but those ended when they lost to Alabama and didn't get into the didn't get, didn't get into the playoff. Yeah, that was uh, it was kind of just a watching. How that how it uh, played out? It's you know you, you got you almost feel for Georgia. You know they lose one game um, by three points to a team the caliber of Alabama, and you, and yeah. you drop one to five in, in the in the playoff rankings. But it was just, there was just there were too many really good teams for only four spots. It, to, the, this year would have been a great time to have an even an eight team playoff yes. level to twelve that will start next year. But uh, yeah, this one uh, made it uh, somebody was gonna. You know, at least one one team, if not two, include Georgia. Somebody is going to get uh, be on the short short end of the stick, and uh, you know, it turns out it's Florida State that's undefeated. Which, um, yeah, I, I it just shows you the power of the SEC, I guess. Yeah, they weren't going to they weren't going to do this without an SEC team. Basically, is kind of what that what that tells you. And when Texas is good enough, and you know, they've got a win over Alabama, that's a marquee win. Um, you know, they, they showed up in their conference title game. You still got Michigan is obviously going to be in it. Um, and you know, you got, you know, the, the, the fading pac 12, but they, you know, they've, they've, they've got good teams out there too. So you've, what else were you going to do? I, I guess, but, but you're right. Like, unless you were determined to have a SEC team in there and say, this is just the best conference. We got to have at least one SEC team in there. Um, yeah. Florida state's got to feel pretty, uh, pretty bad about how this all played out. Yeah, it, it's it's. Um, I I think that you can people can question if the SEC was the best this year. Most years it is. I'm not sure it was this year. And I I, I you look at both Bama and Georgia didn't exactly play uh, a robust non conference schedules. Um, you know, obviously right. the in, in conference games are, are are very very good very good opponents. But uh, um, yeah, it's. It, uh, I mean, Texas, obviously, that for Bama, that was the big one. But Georgia didn't play anything nearly like a Texas in there. In yeah. their... Well, we'll see how it all shakes out. I'm looking forward to 12 teams next year. I thought at one point, like two or three years ago, when they started talking about this, I'm like, man, this is going to give the Gophers a chance at some point. And maybe it will. I don't know if that's next year, but if they can get this thing turned around, it's far more likely to see a team like Minnesota in a 12-team playoff than a uh, than a 14 playoff. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I look back to the nineteen season. Yeah, um, if you would have uh, used 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 the uh, the college football playoff rankings then and you projected a twelve team, they they would not have gotten in. They'd have been a, a couple slots short. They ended up 
back in the top, right. the top after after the bowl game. But um, yeah, so they they would have been very close there. I mean that that's they would have been a you know a ten and two team going into the bowl game, and that would have been uh, they would have been a pretty highly ranked ten and two team not to get in there. They've been probably just missed 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 out by a spot or two if if that would have played out that way. Yeah, I mean they would have been a, an Iowa or a Wisconsin win away at that point, which which they didn't do obviously from certainly being in that top twelve. But yeah. Hard to crack a top four, easier to conceive of, you know, once every five years or something, having the kind of team that can be in a top 12 conversation. So I think that's something to look forward to in future years. If they can get this thing going around again, like you said, though, can't string together too many five and seven seasons. You don't want that to happen. No, no, that's that, that, that uh, is not good for a program. No. It, it uh, you know, the good thing right now is that, that uh, people are, are angry about a, a, a yeah. five seven mark. If you get a couple of those together, the anger turns into apathy, and that right. is the worst thing you can have. We've seen that for decades. It's not been that way lately, but it has. It was like that before. Well, Randy, appreciate it this time. I think I really will give you a little bit of a break, and then we'll we'll talk we'll talk again next time we do. Sounds good, Mike. Thanks a lot. Good stuff from Randy. As I've talked about many times on this show, sure feels like 2024 is an important year for the Gopher football program, is an important year for P.J. Fleck. They were on a decent trajectory this year. Remember, they were 5-3. and three. We were talking about, hey, maybe they can still win the Big Ten West. Then they lost their last four games. They lost them in kind of disappointing to embarrassing fashion, kind of depending on how you want to look at it, depending on the game. And now they, you know, they go to the quick lane bowl only on the strength of their academic progress rate, things like that. So next year's a big deal for them. They got to get their footing. They got to regain some sort of momentum that they lost this year because all of a sudden it could be momentum in the other direction. Let us finish with the cooler. Stop me if you've heard this one before. The Twins hopeful, planning right now to have Byron Buxton in center field at the start of the 2024 season. That was, of course, the plan at various other points in history, and that did not work out so well. Um, The last time Buxton was in a game in center field for the Twins was August of 2022. You remember he played a lot of DH last year before he got shut down completely right up until that very last playoff game where he pinch hit in the end and, and popped out. So we will see. Rocco Baldelli saying no matter which player you're talking about, you don't know anything for sure. It's December. Anything Anyone that's rehabbing and coming back, you have a plan and then you have a different direction you can go if that plan doesn't work out exactly the way you want. This was Baldelli talking down at the winter meetings in Nashville, Bobby Nightingale Jr. down there. The news is positive so far. So far, The little video clips that I get, they look good. He's doing well of Buxton, they say. And, uh, you know, Derek Falvey, hopeful too. Um and Baldelli again we're going into spring training planning on if everything continues to go well having him out there in center field and very hopeful that the procedure he had puts him in the spot he needs to be in but we also have have to plan for everything as usual that about sums it up the twins don't have a great backup plan in center field right now so they are putting some faith at least in Byron Buxton and his ability to stay healthy this season to be in center field for at least a majority of the games, I don't know if you have to even say majority of the games, if they can get, I don't even know what the number is, but if they can get a, a plausible number of games of production and health out of Byron Bucks and in center field, that will have a huge impact on their 2024 season. But again, have to plan for all things as usual. That will do it for me today. I always plan for all things as usual. Tim Connolly expected to join me on 
Wednesday show, Timberwolves president of basketball operations, so that should be a fun conversation. Timberwolves right now have the best record in the NBA, 15 and 4. Celtics just lost to the Pacers, I believe. So Celtics now 15 and 5. Wolves best record in the NBA. So that's a good time to talk to Tim Connolly, a little victory lap of sorts for him early on at least. A lot of season to go, but everything going well for the Wolves at this point in the season. Like I said, Bobby Nightingale Jr. should join me for a show later this week as well to talk some twins. Until then, have a great rest of your snowy Tuesday. I'm Michael Rand, back at it again tomorrow.